It's not about a diet. It's not about, you know, taking things away from them. It's all about how do you nourish the cells? Because I think it was Dr. Hyman, and Len, correct me if I'm wrong, but the whole idea of with each bite, you get to choose, you know, to nourish a cell or kill a cell, you know? And so it's just really thinking about food as those choices that we all make to, you know, are we going to nourish or are we going to really harm a cell? And that is so powerful because with each bite, we get to make a decision. How is it possible for a parent of a child with autism to become the superhero their child needs now? I'm Len. And I'm Cass. When our son was diagnosed with moderate to severe autism, we went all in. We spent over a decade learning everything we could on how we could transform to help our son thrive. And guess what? He's doing it. This year, he ran for class president. Each week on this podcast we will be sharing the secrets needed for you to become the superhero your child needs. If you want to learn how to tap into your innate superpowers to help your child thrive, visit AutismParentingSecrets.com. Welcome to Autism Parenting Secrets. This episode's going to be awesome. It's all about the importance of food, especially for children with autism. The secret is food matters so much more than you think. And I really didn't want to believe this early on. I could tell you that I was one of those people who thought food didn't matter, you know, but now that we're saying it and we're saying that this is a secret, you know, it may seem somewhat obvious, but the truth is that food matters to our children on the spectrum. It matters to literally everyone, every being on the planet, every creature on the planet, food is so vital and critical. So the fact that food matters more than you think, especially for children on the spectrum, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, And, you know, I totally get that some people don't want to buy the fact that food is important, that food is food. If it looks like food, it's fine. Um, But the reality is that some food really does nourish and other foods truly are toxic. And the reality is that food is getting more and more toxic year by year. So this whole idea of does it matter uh, when we started our journey 12 years ago, and we were being told to consider gluten-free, dairy-free, and a whole host of special diets, it was still back then, at least our sense of it was that it was still kind of a fringe thing and something that was kind of being thrown out there by some people and doctors and scientists, you know, but it was like, hey, this might help. But versus um, now where it's such a lifestyle. Well, now it is. It's such a lifestyle. But the the other thing that's shifted is that the science has really, truly come in unequivocally that there is a connection between the gut and the brain. And so that's something that is truly out there. It's not a theory. And so the idea of whether diets, you know, can heal or cure or anything of that nature, we're not even getting into any of that. It's just, is there a relationship between the gut and neurological brain function? Right. Which I love that question. And I love that the example that we were told years ago, which I always loved was, If you drink alcohol, right, it goes into your stomach, right, but it affects your brain. 
right? So that impairment piece. But it, and, you know, for our kids with autism, like so many of them have GI issues. And so many, I mean, I remember with our own son, with all of his GI issues, I remember going to take him to the GI doctor, right? So this is to help his, you know, gastrointestinal system, taking him to the doctor. And once the doctor saw that he had also been diagnosed with autism, it was like, oh yeah, that's to be expected. And I was like, no way is that to be expected. Like, let's fix the gut and maybe we help fix the autism. Like, maybe they're related. And it was like, no, no, no. But yeah, as we've learned, absolutely, they're totally related, you know? And you think about like what our son's behaviors were then. I mean, he used to headbang or throw his body, as Len likes to tell me, you know, it's technically called posturing. He would posture his belly into furniture items, like just relieve the pain. So if you don't think the gut and the brain are connected, a lot of the behaviors, at least I know I saw in my child, were totally related because once we solved his GI issues, you know, his behaviors went away. Yeah. And if you're still even you know, perhaps even questioning still whether or not there's a connection, just ask any school teacher, right? If kids are consuming, and that's why a lot of schools now are saying to limit on the sugary snacks, because if kids consume sugar, of course, they're going to be more hyperactive and more wound up. So the idea that food can influence behaviors and particularly brain function, again, it maybe used to be something that was somewhat controversial or fringe, but now it's absolutely true. And even to the degree, and this one blew my mind a few weeks, just probably about a few years ago when I first heard this, but the idea that there's more neurons in your gut than there are in your brain, that whole concept just blew my mind, you know, because you think neurons, that's all brain, has nothing to do with the gut, but that's where it, the two are so connected and the real research is coming that, you know, there's the so much happens in the gut and the brain is just kind of like a, a CPU, like a processor. Uh, so the gut matters so much more than anybody ever thought in the past. And so now the idea of ensuring that if the gut is out of balance or if it's not in a healthy state, improving that, will that help with brain function? And the answer is absolutely yes. And we know we've seen that firsthand for our son. We've also seen how eating the right food has transformed us as well. But I know from the, you know, different things that I've seen and different comments that I've heard that, you know, especially in the autism community, that diet is so controversial. And I've, you know, seen a lot of comments where parents will say like, well, I'm not putting my child on a diet. And this is not, when we talk about food here, we're not talking about putting your child on a diet at all. We're just talking about how do you make better food choices for your child to nourish them, okay? It's not about a diet. It's not about, you know, taking things away from them. It's all about how do you nourish the cells? Because I think it was Dr. Hyman, and Len, correct me if I'm wrong, but the whole idea of with each bite, you get to choose, you know, to nourish a cell or kill a cell, yeah. you know? And so it's just really thinking about food as those choices that we all make to, you know, are we going to nourish or are we going to really harm a cell? And that is so powerful because with each bite, we get to make a decision. Yeah, and I think a lot of the back and forth with the resistance and the comments that you see, it's also how I think a lot of these diets were marketed, right? Where a lot of people were saying, you know, certain diets would cure or heal and all that kind of stuff. You know, again, we're not saying any of that necessarily. We just know that 
the body functions better if it's getting the right nourishment. The body will function better and the brain will function better if it's not in a state of constant chronic inflammation. And the reality is, you know, toxic food, chemicals, preservatives, all those things that are, that are in the food flavors. Yep. All those in a lot of people contribute toward an inflammatory state. And so the key is knowing what might be causing chronic inflammation and food is a big suspect there and just making choices that are right for you and, and your child of moving to foods or eliminating ingredients that you believe may be causing and contributing to inflammation. I think that's the real key, but it's not about claiming that a diet's going to do any and, cure-all or everything right, of that nature. Right, and there's no single diet that's going to work for anyone. And you know, we're going to dive deep on food in other episodes because this is how important it is and how big it is. And we will have guests come and talk about food as well. But we just want to lay the foundation of if you haven't considered food yet, just we want it on your radar because we just have seen such changes in our child as well as seen in ourselves. And I just want to share with you, like with our son, we didn't have a choice, right? Food was a non-negotiable because my son suffers from multiple life-threatening true IgE, not IgG, IgE allergies, okay? So- With, with IgE being a true allergy- Right. As an IgG being something where you just have a sensitivity to something. Absolutely. So my son regressed after developing a life-threatening allergy to peanuts, right? And then started to become allergic to basically all foods. So when he was diagnosed with autism was the same time he was also diagnosed with an allergy to gluten and dairy and eggs and tree nuts and corn and soy. And the list goes on and I yeah, won't I'll, bore I'll pause, you. Otherwise we'll be 10 minutes later and she'll <laughs> still be going. <laughs> and the last <laughs> no allergist kidding. who didn't believe me, I was like the last labs they ran on him, IgE panel. I kid you not. Of the 50 foods they tested, 47 came back as true IgE allergies. So when I tell you my palate that I fed him was totally thrown for a loop, I had to learn how to feed my child. And that was what my mission was for him. But then also, we wanted our son to feel supported because we knew that he had a diagnosis of autism and we knew that he was kind of in his own space and in his own world. And we wanted him to feel connected with us. So we chose to eat our diets to match his diet because we wanted all of us to be unified with food, right? And so I relearned how to cook. I started paying attention to ingredients. Like I got educated. I went back and I got certified as a health coach just to help him get healthy because that was my mission. Like my mission was to help feed my son. And when I started to get educated and started to pay attention and really read things, and I couldn't just buy anything off the shelf because of all the other allergies. Like I actually had to go back to cooking and I had to go back to ingredients. And that's kind of was a game changer for myself because I know how much my health and vitality changed. Even my weight changed. I know for Len, the same thing for him. I know for our daughter, who's like just extremely healthy. And I know for our son, you know, when he stopped the behaviors like headbanging or throwing his stomach into furniture, like 
that alone, right? But he also started to get more connected. But during this time, I've also seen food that can trigger him. So I recently did an experiment. Five years, we haven't had any fresh baked bread in this house. And when I tell you I am an ingredient junkie, like I know everything, trace ingredients, everything that comes in this house, I made sure I bought yeast that hit our requirements. Well, my kid has a sensitivity to yeast where he hadn't had a tantrum in five years. And we had two within a couple hours of actually eating that bread. So when I can tell you, I can know for a fact what caused what, like, yeah. So for my son, one of his triggers for behaviors was yeast, which I was glad it was gone for five years and it will never, ever come back. But just knowing that power is really important. And I think you're downplaying those weren't just minor tantrums, right? Those were Oh, it was complete hell. But <laughs> like, you know what? It's like, okay, I knew what caused it. I could get rid of it. But when you have a child who's consuming a lot of these things that are so found in food that could be causing some inflammation or causing some reaction, maybe it's an IgG sensitivity, you know, whatever it is, like paying attention to those details about what goes in the body, like is so, so important because there are these nuggets of information that will then like, okay, you know what, if there's something going on and it's reacting with him, because you know what, just because it reacts with him doesn't mean it reacts with everyone. So I might be fine eating that. He's not, you know, so it's just that importance of paying attention. Yeah. And the idea is like the kids on the spectrum, generally speaking, do have more compromised immune systems or more sensitive. And that's definitely the case with our son, right? Yep. And he, he he showed you that day, right? That yeast is, he's not ready for yeast to be back in his life. Yeah. And I don't think I'm ever ready for yeast to come back in this house. Maybe down the road. Yeah, we'll see. So in terms of like just taking this concept and, and starting to turn the corner in terms of like, how can you bring this more into your life? I think the first step, the absolute first step is just to truly allow yourself to be open to believing that food can make a difference. You know, that this whole gut brain connection is real and definitely get educated, do your research, but, you know, use all that just to get yourself to the place of being open. And then you can then start to carefully observe, watch what's happening, keep a food diary, all those things to start looking for evidence that it's true, that there is a connection. So that's the thing. You can read whatever you want, but until you start seeing the effect in your own house, that's when this whole idea becomes much bigger and you see for yourself, you're seeing the evidence that it matters. Right. And I also think another great thing to do as the parent is like, hey, you know what? If you're not feeling 100% or you have a stomach ache probably after you ate something, like how are you showing up, right? It's always a great gauge. Like how am I showing up? Like if I don't feel great, you know what? That's always a great gauge to kind of see. So if you're not feeling great after you eat something, the same might be true for your child, you know? So it's kind of being that detective is really key for yourself as well as for your child. And then overall, just you know, as you're doing this, just to be consistent, reassess periodically, course correct. And again, you don't have to do anything abrupt, you know, take it step by step in terms of what you're noticing and what changes you might want to make. Right. And just generally, if you do decide to dive in and start using food and making different food choices, there's definitely going to be some resistance. 
Absolutely. And one of the- Big freaking resistance. Big resistance. Well, yes. And a lot of times you are the resistance because like you're making excuses up like for why this won't work. So one of those excuses is it's not convenient. So, you know, as a mom who needs to cook everything, I understand it's not convenient, but like maybe for some people it might look like, hey, instead of this brand that I currently buy, I might switch to this brand because I like the ingredient list a lot better. Or maybe you might go all in like I had to go and where you have to then make from scratch, but then you know what? You're going to come up with a system that's going to make it less inconvenient for you too. And inconvenience doesn't have to be really difficult or really hard. uh, And it's crazy how much, at least from what I've noticed, people are really afraid of inconvenience almost more than anything else. It's hard to really understand, but if people see something as, wait, I have to do extra steps or go through a little extra effort, uh, there's a lot more resistance than you would expect. Well, we're also conditioned that way. I mean, hell, we can order something and it could be in your doorstep in two hours versus kind of how, I'm sorry, I'm kind of older, like you actually ordered. So I was telling my daughter, you would fill out an order form, you know, you would send it in, you had to get it back. But yes, we're a convenient society. The other thing that comes up a lot, or you're going to worry about what other people will think or what, hey, if I have to bring my kids special food, what are other kids going to say about that? Which, you know what, you have to figure out what's going to work. If you want to set your child up for success and you know food does that, then you're going to be willing to make that decision. That's up to you. Yeah. Flat out, people won't like it. They may get pissed off. Who knows? You can't control it. People will do whatever they're going to do. So uh, will there be resistance from others, raised eyebrows or people, you know, asking you a bunch of questions? Probably. So just be prepared for that. That's going to be a part of it. And then also going, you know, related to inconvenience is the idea that will there be more cost? Will things cost more? Perhaps if you decide to go organic versus conventional, it will cost more. And if you start making different choices, but the whole reality is that, yes, it might cost more, but perhaps not as much as you may think. And it all depends on what degree to which that you're, you know, going. And now because of convenience, your ability to price comparison from your kitchen table is amazing. Like you can check any stores, whatever the prices is on different things. So you can get smart about pricing or what things cost. So don't let that be the excuse as why not to try. So that would be my only unsolicited advice. And then there's also just the idea that if you are incurring more costs now with food, there's a the very real possibility, even likelihood that you're going to be preventing costs down the road in terms of illness and disease, et cetera. So it may be a little bit more upfront, but there's a great return in the end. So that's another way of thinking about it. Right. And thinking about things that you can do today, right? So we've talked about this, but be that detective, right? Track behaviors after meals. See if there might be something that you can kind of relate things back to. It's always so important to kind of just do that. Also read ingredient lists. And if you don't know what an, oh, and when I'm talking ingredient list, flip the package over the backside, the tiny little font that they don't want you to read. Not just the marketing claims on the front that will say everything that you're looking for, but really look at the ingredient list. And if you don't know what something is, Google it because there are, you know, quote unquote, healthy foods that have unhealthy ingredients. So yeah, a lot of gluten free is full of crap. You know, so basically just because something's free of something 
does not mean that it's healthy. Or, and also, if it says natural, what does yeah, that mean, Cass? It means absolutely nothing. <laughs> so, you know, and actually, and natural means whatever that company says natural means, because there is no parameters around that term. But, you know, and just pay attention, because it's noticing and journaling and seeing those details, you have the power to kind of see what might be going on and trust your intuition to kind of, hey, if that's something that you want to go down there, commit to it, because that's so important. Yeah. Yep. And just generally, just the more you truly dive in and learn and be be open and be objective, the bigger you can make that belief that food can really make a difference and that it truly does matter, that sets up everything else. So right. that's the true key first next step. And uh, thanks to the age we live in now, there's so many resources at your fingertips. Right. And you know what? It's not about being perfect, right? It's all about taking baby steps and just getting better. And that's still something that I'm striving to do even where we are in our journey, but there's so much, so many things to do. Yeah. And so good luck with pursuing this. It's so going to be worth your effort. And, you know, we mentioned at the outset, we had no choice because of the uh, the unique nature of, of our child and how truly allergic he was. But for you, you have the opportunity to make changes even without that urgency that being forced into it. And so I think if we rewound, I don't know if we would have had the perspective to say, let's make these diet choices if we didn't have to. But I so wish if we can go back in time and we didn't have that urgency that we would have made these decisions to really look at food and to really focus not on doing any kind of diet, just trying to nourish our child better. Right. And that's where, you know what, hey, the universe knew we needed a push. So they pushed us. But I must say that we've done this now for 12 years. And we embrace this and we love it and we would never go back. So that's where just kind of knowing that, you know, we look at it now as a gift, because we had to make those choices, but we're all thriving because of that. Yep, And we'll dive deeper into this down the road on oh. uh, subsequent or future episodes. But let us know what your what topics you're interested in. And otherwise, um, wishing you all the best. And we look forward to next time. Absolutely. Have a good one. Thanks so much for listening to Autism Parenting Secrets. If you're not already subscribed to this podcast, be sure to do that right now. And if you could, please rate and review this podcast. This will help other parents find us and benefit as well. And feel free to let us know what you'd like to hear in future episodes. Also, head over to AutismParentingSecrets.com and take our free assessment to discover your top superpowers today. Until next time, don't forget, you are the superhero your child needs now.